Providence St. Joseph Health is a national not-for-profit driven by a belief that health is a human right and is committed to innovating to improve care for all, especially the poor and vulnerable. Learn more at future.psjhealth.org. What if I told you you could live forever if you could just make it to the year 2069? Now, what if I said that in order to do so, you had to ditch your body? Would you want to? We're starting to see healthcare move beyond the four walls of the hospital. Just go over to your 3D printer and print out the drug that you need. In 2050, I, I get customized medications tailored to my molecular genetic makeup. How will the system bear these costs? What it has done is it has brought the C word, cure, into the dialogue of cancer. I'm Carlos Watson, editor-in-chief of Ozzy, and this is The Future of X, a podcast where we blast 50 years into the future into a world that's hardly recognizable. Our first season is a partnership with Providence St. Joseph Health, where naturally we're exploring the future of health. Today we're talking about death, but I promise you this is not going to be morbid. In fact, it may be quite fun. In this episode, we'll hear how doctors are advocating for guided LSD trips to help the terminally ill explore their emotional inner space. Then, we'll hear about new research into reverse aging, science that will potentially add 100 years to our lifespan. Then, we'll talk to a member of the Transhumanist Party. Now, you may remember this concept from our last episode. He believes that one day we'll be able to avoid death altogether. But before we start thinking about how we're going to spend our never-ending days, let's take a trip. Hugs, hugs, hugs. You are looking fabulous. When are you due? Hi, honey. Thanks. Doctor says probably two more months, but you know how it goes. I know, I know. Have you been on any supplements? My doctor has me on a daily multivitamin, and, and that, of course, the LSD is making the headaches bearable and really letting me come to peace with it. That's great. I'm so glad I get to see you before the big day. It's going to be such an adventure. I'm jealous. It'll happen for you one day. I know it. I want to see you again before you die, okay? Of course. Two more months. Or so they say. When you think about dying, what's your biggest fear? Do you think about how or when it will happen? Because the possibilities are endless, not knowing what's in store can be terrifying. But more than how or when, studies show that fears of dying, often called death anxieties, are based not on the future, but the past. Not having accomplished enough, not having told the right people how you truly felt about them. In fact, it's less about the unknown and more about the known. In a study by the California Healthcare Foundation, only 7% of hospice patients said they benefited from talking to their doctors about their concerns around dying. So what if we were able to completely reframe how we think about death in the first place? Dying is the ultimate a developmental crisis. And it's not fun and it's not to be yearned for, but it is also an opportunity to grow. Meet Dr. Ira Bayak. 
founder and chief medical officer for the Institute for Human Caring, part of Providence Health and Services. He's also the author of Dying Well. As a palliative care specialist, Dr. Bayek has spent a large part of his 40-year career thinking about what it takes to die comfortably. And one of the best tools he's discovered along the way, psychedelics. The psychedelic experience done properly can help us to grow through this experience. That's how I, I see the bright future. Dr. Bayek thinks the way we currently care for people nearing the end of life is all wrong, not to mention costly. A quarter of all Medicare spending gets poured into caring for people in their final year of living, per the AARP Advocacy Group. That's $175 billion spent on palliative care last year alone. Human beings have an innate desire to explore their um, environments, including the inner space of their emotional and spiritual uh, lives. And that's, that's part of what psychedelics have been used for, for, uh, you know, you know, millennia, and it's not going to stop. In the U.S., psilocybin and LSD are Schedule I drugs, meaning they've been classified as illegal substances with a high potential for abuse. They're dangerous. But amid a growing focus on psychedelic drugs as therapy, some researchers and physicians think that should change within the next few years. At this point in time, you know, the medical profession, my profession, must not ignore the potential of these highly promising medications. Michael Pollan also points to the potential for psychedelics. The author of the new book, How to Change Your Mind, has noted how psilocybin is showing great promise in treating depression and helping people through end-of-life stages. There's a, a really exciting uh, field of research underway right now looking at psychedelics, especially psilocybin, the ingredient in magic mushrooms, uh, to help people deal with mental illness of various kinds. Uh, addiction, depression, obsession, uh, and, and the fear and anxiety that surrounds a terminal diagnosis. Rodrigo Nino, a commercial real estate developer from New York City, was 41 when he was diagnosed with stage 3 melanoma, an aggressive form of skin cancer that can spread to your organs. Naturally, he was terrified. Confronted with imminent death, Nino decided to try something outside of the hospital walls, way outside. He flew to the jungles of the Amazon to take ayahuasca, a psychedelic drug used in some Amazonian religious ceremonies. With my take on the mystical experience, it really, it really felt more familiar than my definition of home. It's like I had been there before. It felt uh, like family in a number of ways. Um, I also felt that it was more real than this reality. Nino beat his cancer and is still alive today. And Dr. Bayek says that as long as the research on psychedelics continues to be as positive as it has been to date, they will become legal for medical use. These drugs are exceedingly potent and if not used carefully can be very dangerous. But the irony is when they are used carefully and under uh, good preparation and guidance from, some, uh, from a clinician who knows what he or she is doing, they're remarkably safe. 
and they are remarkably effective. But legalization is a tough road. A ballot proposal in California last year would have decriminalized the sale and transportation of magic mushrooms, not just possession, but it failed to pass. A similar proposal is now in play in Oregon, where members of the Psilocybin Society believe residents will be ready to decriminalize the drug in the state's 2020 ballot. In the future, people may learn to embrace death with the help of hallucinogens. But in 50 years, a large part of the population will still want to stop the aging process altogether. Advances in this arena will go far beyond today's makeup creams and magic snake oils. If it were possible to live to 150 or 200 years old while still maintaining the mind of, you know, let's say a 40-year-old, would you do it? Tristan Edwards is the co-founder and CEO of Life Biosciences in Boston, Massachusetts. He's working with some of the world's top scientists to develop drugs that will prolong human life. But Edwards, as we'll hear, has a particular axe to grind. First off, in the not-so-distant future, we'll be able to take a pill to reverse the body's aging process and increase our longevity. So what we're looking at doing at Life Biosciences, and we have um, you know, colleagues and peers around the world focusing on similar challenges, is to increase the human health span and decrease the human sick span. Um, I see a world in the not-so-distant future where we'll be treating the aging uh, pathways, and so humans will age without any age disease. And rather than getting to, say, 70 and having 10 years of, of decline in quite bad health in, in a lot of cases, I can't see a reason why humans won't get to 110, 120 in perfect health and be in better shape than most 60-year-olds are today. And then rather than having 10 years of decline, they'll have six months of age compression. This means we'll no longer die of age-related conditions like cancer or heart disease. Instead, we'll eventually die because the cells in our body will deteriorate. Edwards is aiming to slow aging on a cellular level through biological pathways. He says a first round of these miracle drugs could be available in as little as three to five years. But here is Edwards' axe. While we've made great strides in treating many age-related diseases by restoring insulin function in diabetes patients or managing to cure some cancer patients with immunotherapy, he and his colleagues claim that most of the science community is going about it all wrong we should be looking at aging itself as a disease. Pharmaceutical companies historically have created medicines for the symptoms of aging, and they've done it one symptom at a time. Whereas in our labs with our animal models, we go upstream to treat the causes of aging. And when you treat the causes of aging, all the symptoms get dealt with collectively. Over the last 20 years, scientists have discovered many of the gene mutations that control aging. Now that we know where the pathways are, it's becoming easier to harness them. One of the compounds that has been found to boost longevity is resveratrol. It's found in foods like cocoa and grapes, but only in very small amounts. It activates a protein in the body called sirtuin, which has been linked to longer lifespans. David Sinclair, the 49-year-old co-founder of Life Biosciences, has been taking resveratrol supplements for 15 years and NAD boosters for the past 18 months, along with his father, Andrew. Sinclair claims that his physical and mental capabilities are just as good as when he was 20. His father, who's nearly 80, says he feels 30. He has no aches or pains and still goes whitewater rafting and mountain climbing. 
The U.S. Food and Drug Administration and European regulators still view aging as a natural process. They only review new drugs for specific disorders or diseases, which means drug makers tend to focus their research and development and their fundraising on conditions like cancer or infertility rather than aging. But Life Biosciences hopes to increase what they call the human health span, the amount of time humans spend in good health by reducing the amount of time we spend fighting illness at the end of life. In the future, you won't live until 75 and suffer from poor health for the last five years, Edward says. Instead, you might live to be 100, and 99 of those years would be great. We're wired to not want to die. I mean, we, we avoid death every day as best we can. We don't tend to seek out death. Um, so I think this is just an extension of, of that hardwiring that's in our DNA. Now, appropriately, I want you to close your eyes and time travel to the distant future. There is a place that can't be found on a map, a place miles beyond the beaten path, overcoming twists and turns, ups and downs, whatever life throws, a place to always strive for, for all the journeys that make us stronger. The Mercedes-Benz body of tomorrow will transform not just your automobile, but mobility itself. An autonomous thinking skeleton and chassis, distinctive body lines, a luxury vessel protecting what's inside and out. Introducing the 2069 Z-Class with innovations that will change the way we move, breathe, live from this day forward. Talk to your doctor today about Mercedes-Benz body, the state of the art for a higher state of mind. Stay tuned for more The Future of X. Health goes beyond the hospital. A child can't learn if he doesn't get breakfast. A mother with depression can't parent well without mental health care. An elderly person can't be well without adequate nutrition. No one can heal if they can't access health care. This episode is brought to you by Providence St. Joseph Health, a national not-for-profit health system driven by the belief that health is a human right. Learn how Providence St. Joseph Health is innovating to improve care for all and address the social factors that affect health. Visit future.psjhealth.org. In a 2016 episode of Black Mirror on Netflix, two women meet each other at different points through time, first in the 1980s, then the 90s and 2000s. Eventually, they find each other over several decades in the future, which we realize is their present day. The women are both old and nearing the end of life, so they've decided to upload their consciousness to a simulated reality where they can live forever as their younger selves. Now, it might seem crazy, but as with so many Black Mirror episodes, some futurists think this scenario will actually become reality. Maybe we'll upload our consciousness to a computer and live inside a simulation. Maybe we'll easily replace ailing body parts to outsmart disease and use technology to constantly sharpen our minds. Or maybe we'll have the ability to perpetually upgrade our entire body. Once the current model gets too old or sick, we'll just order a new one. So who envisions this weird reality? Futurist Thomas Fry does. If we were to create another body that we're going to shift 
uh, ourselves into, it raises all kinds of other questions. It radically changes the way these systems are supposed to work. Fry agrees with Tristan Edwards that science will find ways to slow or reverse aging and cure disease. But he also thinks we'll have the ability to completely rebuild someone after an accident. Or, even more mind-boggling, we might be able to grow blank bodies from our own genetic material. Imagine this. A body farmer could recreate your face and features at age 25. You could go through life as a perpetual 25-year-old, but retain the wisdom of decades of maturity. Now that's better than Botox. Fry points to advances in regenerative medicines like regrowing bladders and throats and 3D printing organs. So why not entire bodies? Creating replacement parts for our body, uh, I think is, is gonna be a hot market in the very near future. And they're already printing things with working blood vessels, uh, printing with the stem cells, printing with live tissue. Um, I mean, we're just right around the corner from all this stuff happening. So are we going to go to a dentist in the future and they, they 3D printer hooks up to our mouth and, and physically prints a new tooth inside of our mouth to replace the old one that just got yanked out? The idea of being able to use inks, for example, that are alive um, is really what takes this to the next level, that what is coming out of the printer is, is alive exactly when we print it, it's alive when we grow it in the incubator, and it's alive when it goes in the patient. Others think we'll be able to transcend death in another way. A movement called transhumanism from science fiction writers such as Isaac Asimov and Julian Huxley now has more than 10,000 members who say they're ready to alter or augment their bodies to live forever. The Transhumanist Party advocates for spending more money on life extension research, like the work Tristan Edwards is doing at Life Biosciences, so that we may one day be able to escape death. The party says that even a few billion dollars from private donations, investments, or government grants could dramatically accelerate progress in the life extension field. Nothing is beyond the reach of human reason in terms of improving our state of life, including the radical extension of human life. Gennady Stolyarov and other members of the group believe that many of us are already transhuman by virtue of wearing glasses or having fillings in our teeth. I think the future is one of integration between biological and mechanical or electronic augmentation. The key is to preserve a certain continuity of bodily processes. Whatever part you get, it needs to integrate seamlessly into your existing organism. But that's a long way off. When it comes to living forever, we have a much better shot at preserving ourselves in digital form, achieving digital immortality. In 2016, entrepreneur Genia Quida created an AI-powered chatbot based on her friend Roman Mazarenko, who died at age 33 after being hit by a speeding Jeep in Moscow. Quida and other friends could speak with Roman by talking to the digital version of him and asking it questions. The bot's responses were based on thousands of text messages and photos that Quida uploaded to the neural network controlling its artificial intelligence. While the bot's responses were fairly basic, creating it led Quida to develop a chatbot called Replica that today anyone can talk to and feel less alone. The technology we would need to become immortal is far from reality. It could take centuries, not to mention trillions of dollars, 
to make it possible. Also, in a country like the U.S. where many people can't afford health care, are we prepared to answer the question of who gets to live forever? And maybe the most important question of all, with less fear of death, what becomes of our motivation in life? It radically changes the way these systems are supposed to work. I mean, even the concept of retirement, if we work till age 65 and then we live another 100 years, uh, the whole system falls apart. I think it's going to get very weird. If the transhumanist party and futurists like Thomas Fry are right, we might be able to perpetually transfer our consciousness to healthy bodies or alter and repair our current aging bodies so dramatically that we could actually escape death completely. Before that, though, we'll be able to live longer, healthier lives and die thanks to hallucinogens and other therapies with less fear, greater comfort, and more control. I'm your host, Carlos Watson. Thank you for joining us on The Future of X. This series is a partnership between Ozzy and Providence St. Joseph Health. On the next episode of The Future of X, Health, we take a unique look into the past of a centuries-old healthcare company to learn what it means for their future and for ours. The Future of X is produced by Ozzy in partnership with Providence St. Joseph Health. Leah Rose is our producer. Molly Fosco and Sean Braswell are the editorial producers. The show was edited and mixed by Chris Kim. Rob Kulos is our executive producer. And Faye Schlesinger serves as managing editor. For more on the future of X, go to ozzy.com slash future. That's O-Z-Y dot com slash future. <laughs>